Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. I know some of you have been traveling around this uh, holiday season, road trips, or you've some of you have hosted people at your houses, and so I know some even took some spur-of-the-moment adventures, like, we should do this, and you know, you drove day trips to places or overnight places, but along with the excitement of the holidays, something that, that, that I know is true is that the holidays are very difficult times. So there's excitement, but then there's a lot of difficulty as well. So I want to pause and pray because there are some who are in grief. There are some who are struggling with things right now. And so let's just pray and ask God for his help and for him to give us the ability to really focus on on his word this morning. Let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for being. uh, We know you're here. We thank you for uh, your faithfulness. We thank you for your love and care for us. We thank you for your comfort, Lord, that you bring to our lives when we need it. And I know many here are in need of your comfort. And so I pray, God, that they would experience you in a very real way, not just here and now in this time. I I do pray that, but Lord, also as they leave, Lord, as we go about this life, I pray that you would bring the comfort, uh, your comforter, Lord, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to give us the help and the hope that we need. We ask you for clarity and focus. We we pray that you'd provide um, just a distraction-free period of time where we could uh, listen in and respond to you, God. We ask you to speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last year as a church, we, we, aimed, we aimed to focus on having a stronger core as a congregation. We talked about this at different points through the year. And what we meant by strengthening our core was that We wanted to, one, have a a clearer picture of who is in the church family. So we wanted a lot of on-ramps for people to pull into church life and to take more steps of of connecting here at OCC. And also, we wanted to slow down on spending uh, marketing money into advertising our church and trying to reach people who who, uh, are in our community. And it's still a high value to us, but we spent 2017 slowing down the focus on outreach and growth in order to just ask God to show up if, there, if there's anything unhealthy that he wants to deal with in, in us as a group of people. And just organizationally or personally, like, God, we want to be healthy. Before Our church has grown steadily. We're not a giant church, but we've grown steadily through these 10 years. And before we just launch into the next decade, we, we wanted to say, let's slow down and say, God, Show us anything that you're not pleased with. Um, purify us as a group of people. Get, get us on track or bring us back on track. Show us what you need to show us, and let's spend this time strengthening the core of, of who is here as a group. And I think God really has used that for good. Turning to 2018, something I'd really like for us to focus on in the coming year is prayer. So as we're, in, or as we're now in 2018, I want to focus more on prayer. Now, there's nothing magical about prayer. Um, but it's powerful. And as I say that, I think it's kind of funny. There's nothing magical, but it, it's power. it is powerful. And the invitations in the, in the Bible are endless where God invites us to pray and to call out to him. And so I want to wrestle 
this morning with a question. I'm going to keep bringing it up onto the screens. And here's the question. It's what in my own life am I carrying around unnecessarily that God has offered to carry? What, what is it that I'm constantly carrying around that God has offered to lift and to carry for us? In life, we as people, we have all sorts of concerns. It's just a wide variety of concerns, don't we? There's just constant noise. And with our concerns, we have some options. Now, some of us, we choose the worry option. If I'm honest, I frequently default to the worry option. Uh, My wife was sharing with me recently that worry is like a rocking chair. A lot of back and forth movement, but you really aren't getting anywhere. (laughs) I thought, that's a really good thing to to remember. Because I frequently, with the concerns, I frequently want to run to worry. And most of us know that worry, man, is a waste of time, but we can easily become overwhelmed by our concerns. And we can take those concerns and just fix those and allow them to just rest on our shoulders and carry them around. And we constantly can worry. And we're just going back and forth, thinking and stewing and wondering and hoping and, and carrying that around. It's, it's parenting challenges if you're raising kids at, at the different stages, like, like Erica mentioned. You know, there's questions when they're crawling and then walking and then running and then driving and, you know, and, then, and then launching. And there's just questions and there's concerns that we have. Are they going to be the person that, that, that they ought to be and that, you know, we want them to be and that God wants them to be? And that's, that's a concern, and we can just carry that around. We can, we can bear that responsibility and say, I, I've got to make sure this happens. There's some things that, that we want to get fixed, and we think, oh, it's, it's our concern. We've got to fix it. It doesn't it needs to happen. It's, it's on us. And we carry that. Relationships. Relationships make up a better portion of our concern, you know, lives. We have friendships, we have family, we have authority, we have work relationships, we have neighbors, and there's all this ebb and flow back and forth in our relationships, and when there's difficulty in any of our relationships that matter to us, it affects us deeply. You can have a bad day at work and get over it. If you're having a bad relational season, it's not easy to to get over it. We know that's true. And with that concern, we can just, again, we just say, oh, we just fix that upon our shoulders and think that that's our responsibility to carry that. You know, some of our concerns are financial. Some are tied to our career. Some of you are looking for jobs. You're trying to change jobs. Or you're trying to improve uh, the, you know, yourself and your career. You're trying to advance. Some of you are thinking about the future. Some of you are, are, are dealing with grief right now and loss or health challenges and on and on. And, and as your pastor and as, as your staff, we as a staff, we, we get dozens of prayer requests each week. And so in a given month, we have over 100, you know, sometimes many more than that, to prayer requests from, from our church family, things that are on your minds. We have your concerns on our minds, and we're praying for you. We want to support you. And we're tempted also to place those up on our shoulders and think, we've got to help. We've got to do something. We need to be there. We need to play our, our part and, and and then add to that, as a staff, we have our own concerns, personally. We all, you know, we have responsibilities. We have, you know, we're parenting, we're, we're relating to uh, spouses, you know, for those that are married. And so God, in, he, you know, rather than allowing our, all of our collective concerns to just stay there, God says, hey, I want to invite you. Play your role. You've got a role to play. Play your role well. But then hand off. 
to me, God is saying, hand off to me what you are incapable of really carrying. God actually tells us not to worry. Look at Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, like all of the concerns that we have, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, what would it look like and what would happen if you and I were to apply this verse really? And instead of worrying and keeping that stuff that's on our minds, what if we instead took God up on his offer to pray more about our concerns? What would happen if we were to do that? To actually bring our earthly concerns to the God of heaven and earth and actually take God at his word and trust him. What would happen if if we were to do that? Now, worry can really get in the way of praying more. But what else keeps us from praying more? Busyness gets us, you know, distracted. I'm sure we could come up with a pretty long list of reasons of why we don't pray as much as we think we should or we know we should. But if I'm truly honest, I think for me, it's pride. It's my pride that keeps me from praying more. I think too highly of myself. I think too highly of my ability to fix all the problems that I think are resting on my shoulders. I think I'm able to do it. And if I'm honest, it's my pride that keeps me from inviting God to help me in my life. And I'm amazed at how prayer is still more of an afterthought than I care to admit. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a pastor. And my excuse is that I'm a doer. <laughs> I'm a doer. I don't like to sit around. I don't like to twiddle my thumbs in life. I'm an active I like to be active. I like to do things. I like to work on things. I like to be out there. And let's face it, there's just plenty of work to be done. Sun up, sun down. We all get very, very busy. And so prayer, for a lot of us, is just so counterintuitive, isn't it? It's counterintuitive. It seems on the surface that none of us really have the time to slow down and pray more. It just seems like, I don't have the time to do that. And it's even mocked by the world around us. A good portion of what... I find online about prayer is either pie-in-the-sky ideas that are hyper-spiritual, don't make sense in the real world, or they're, they're like this. They're mocking. I'll read this because it's hard to read in, in the back. You see, you know, a former president praying. It says, prayer, how to do nothing and still think you're helping. Does that sting a little? You know, to, to the world prayer it makes absolutely no sense at all because you know the world around us would say there's no one listening they would say to you don't waste another moment of your time praying because the world would say there's no one on the other end you're wasting your time and instead of praying more the world would say what they say get out the door and get to work if you need something done if you have a concern fix it yourself You hold the key to your success. It's your hard work. It's your drive to succeed. It's your good looks. It's your charm. It's your abilities. Benjamin Franklin made this quote famous. God helps those who help themselves. This is actually what the world would say to us. It's you are the key. The humanism of our day, it's running rampant through our culture, and it seeps into all of our thinking if we don't if we're not careful to detect that it seeps into our thinking and it keeps us busy working and worrying about all of our concerns. 
But, but consider this. Consider this. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and I know some of you are here, and you're, you're not yet a follower of Jesus Christ. You've not yet, you've never really said, God, I, I want you to lead my life. I received Jesus and his death on the cross as payment, payment and penalty or the payment for my sins. And I yield to him as Lord, as leader. I'm yours. I want to follow your lead, Jesus. Some of you have not made that decision yet. Some of you are here because you're exploring that and you're, you're almost there. And some, have, you know, some of you have done that years ago or maybe even weeks ago. But if you're here and you're a Christ follower, then that, what that means is you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And if you've done that, you are actually trusting your soul. Get this. If you're a Christian, you're trusting your soul for all eternity to him. For all eternity. You're counting on him to save you from hell and from judgment and separation from all eternity. You're counting on him for all eternity. And if that's true of you, then why would we not bring more of our burdens and of our concerns of this present life to him here and now? So again, here's our question. What in my life am I carrying around unnecessarily that God has offered to carry? He's offered to take, to receive the ball, to, 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 to be handed the things that we're running around with. Now, Paul, a church leader who really trusted God, who really relied on God in prayer to move and to work powerfully in his life and in among the churches that he was helping to start, he wrapped up one of his prayers for the church in Ephesus with this ending of a prayer. So this is the end of uh, a prayer for a church. Look at Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able, he's praying to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him, to him be the glory in the church. We just sang this. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's Paul's prayer. God has, he says, unimaginable power to work. God has unimaginable power to intervene in your life. If anyone can do it, it's God. If anyone can pull off what, what we're stuck trying to fix, or we think we're, it's our job to fix, but we're stuck clearly with, there's, there's some areas we're just stuck in in life. We feel like, man, this is not changing. It's not getting better. I'm not, it's if we need his help, he has power beyond our imagination. And he invites us to ask him to work and to plead with him for all of our concerns. Now, we need to know this, that as you read through the Bible, you start, God fills in the details of prayer and how he interacts with us through prayer. And so this one message, I'm not going to be able to cover all of that, but God's not a genie. And so don't hear me say, okay, God's a genie, he said. Because you get in the scripture and there's conditions. And, and, and he will have the final word. Sometimes he says yes. He answers immediately sometimes. Sometimes he says no, and it's immediate. Sometimes it's not right now. It's a maybe. It's a, you have to wait. God's doing something sometimes when we're just pleading with him, when we're praying. He's shaping our perspective. He's, he's building something in our character deep inside of us. But why not pray more? Now, if anyone understood the importance of prayer, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. He knew the real condition of every person that he interacted with. He knew how bad they really were, how bad off they really were, how spiritually empty and bankrupt they really were. And so he's in his life, in his public ministry, he's interacting with people 
just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And it's constant from town to town. Mobs of people want time with Jesus. They want his attention. They want his prayer. They want his, his, you know, his healing in their lives. He, they want answers. They want time with him. They want to be his friend. And he would just pour out his life for others. And when the end of the day came, and he knew how bad these people really were. And they're, they're people just like all of us. They're common, normal people. At the end of the busy day of ministry, it says that he would often pull away from the crowds and he would recharge and, and connect with God the Father through times of prayer. And his disciples, they would often see him do this. They'd see the busy pace of ministry and they'd see him withdrawing for prayer for long periods of prayer, long, long times. And, and it even says at points he, he prayed all through the night in anguish at points. He was so burdened for what was going on in the world and what his mission would involve to be a help in this. And the disciples, they would see him come out of prayer with this strengthening effect. He'd have long periods of pressure, and then he would pray, and it would, it would kind of like release the pressure, and then he'd get back right in under the pressure of, of ministry. But they saw the effect of prayer in Jesus' life, and so they asked Jesus, Hey, Jesus, what is your secret? What's your secret? Show us what to do. Show us how, how we can do what you do, because it really works. And so let's, let's read this passage where this is going on. This is Luke 11. Luke 11, let's look at verses 1 through 12, maybe 13 as well. It says in Luke 11, 1, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Again, busy day, so he withdraws to pray. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, most people don't think that this was intended to be just a recited prayer. Most people would say that this was never intended to just be a recited prayer. This is, this is known as the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus, you know, he would withdraw and he would pray. And when he was withdrawing for hours of prayer... He wasn't just reciting this as a mantra for hours and hours and hours. He's having a dialogue and he's interacting with God the Father. But most people, when they read this, they look at this as more of a guide, more of a model for how to pray. And Jesus would pray. Again, he extended periods. And this, this guided that. So imagine hour-long conversations guided by the Lord's Prayer, in a sense. I want to break that down. Jesus is not just giving us a script here. And so I see this as an invitation to pray in a certain way. And so it's an invitation to pray. And I want to break this down. It's an invitation first to pray more personally. He begins with this. He says, Father. One of the first aspects that jumps out at us is the personal aspect that he begins with. He calls, he says, start with this, Father. The word is actually Abba. Abba. It's a very personal, endearing close relationship this is the relationship of a father to a child and for those of us who might say i see god more of a a distant dictator this is the furthest from that that you could have this is very personal this is very up close this is the father who cares and so cry out to him this is dad daddy that's the kind of language jesus is saying because god he accepts you he he wants to meet with you we just saying he's a good good father for some of you, that might be really hard to sing. 
and maybe that hasn't been your experience on earth. God is different. He, he's a good, good father. He is not too distracted to meet with you. He, he's not in a hurry. Think, think back when you, were, when you were a kid, when you were a child, and you talked to adults, and they're distracted. And you're like, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, hey, Dad, or, or hey, Mom, or hey, hey teacher. And they're, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. they're distracted, or they're in a hurry, or, you know, as a kid, although I'll keep it, I'll keep it there so it gets, it doesn't get as, as difficult on us to, to, to be the parent who's distracted. But think about yourself as a kid, and you're trying to form a sentence, and they're like, and you're like, hey, dad, or hey, mom, or hey, hey, you, and you're trying to get it out, but you can't get the words out, and the adult is like, you clearly are. You're you're spent. You're not focused. You're distracted. You need him to get to the point, him or her to get to the point. God God is not in a hurry. He wants to meet with you. He wants to sit. He wants you to meet with him and just be there with him. And as we sang earlier, if you are in a relationship with him personally, then what that means is he is pleased with you. If he's called you in a relationship with himself, that means he is pleased with you. He cares for you. And even though he is the ruler of all all of creation he is lord of all creation ruler of the universe he is pleased to meet with you he cares about you and so jesus says begin with that start with that dad hey dad and that that's really important for us to keep in mind and maybe for you god has been so impersonal and so i would encourage you right now begin by making this shift get more personal with your with your with your prayer recognize he longs for you to approach him what would this look like for you? Maybe I'm going to pause and I'm going to be quiet for a moment and jot down what would it look like to be more personal in my, in my prayer. Think about that. What, what would a child need to approach the Father who's undistracted, unhurried. What's distracting you from being more personal? Maybe that's the question you can answer right now. What's distracting you from being more personal? Something else I see in this invitation, in this prayer, is this. It's an invitation to praise. So first, get personal. But then second, more praise. Jesus says, Father, Dad, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Hallowed is, is we use that term not often. We, we often would, or you might hear it said, of hallowed ground, right? This is hallowed ground. Battlefields are hallowed ground, aren't they? If you've ever been to a Civil War battlefield, I've, I've been to Gettysburg. You, you walk around Gettysburg and you realize what happened there and you, you, you respect that. You honor that. You don't, you, don't, uh, you don't play games on hallowed ground, do you? No, you, you honor that. So Jesus says, talk to the Father who is personal, but he is, he's holy. He's holy. He's, he's set apart. He is different from – he's different from – you, he loves you, 
He's so much more powerful than you know. He's holy. He's perfect in all his ways. And he says, your kingdom come. Jesus says, begin with worship, with praise for who God is. His kingdom first before ours. His kingdom before our agenda. His, his interests, his goals before our list. Jesus says, start there. Get personal, but focus on him first before our stuff. And the more, the way you do that is you get into God's word for yourself. The more you learn from God's word about what's on God's heart, the more you know what life in his kingdom is really like. And then you have more to pray at that in that time of praise. And so in prayer, rather than just rushing to our list, Jesus guides us first to greet him, to greet the Father, and then welcome his agenda, welcome his kingdom, praise him for who he is. This gives us a chance to just sync our lives up with his perfect plan and his overarching purposes that he's trying to accomplish in this world and engage with that. And so maybe a small tweak to begin your time of prayer is by reading a psalm out loud. Just reading a psalm. There's, there's, there's 150. You can read those. Those are praise songs. They're poems of praise. They're writings of praise. You can just read them and make them very personal and just allow it to set your heart on who God is because many of them just praise God. They declare his praise. Or maybe another shift you can make, begin your prayer time with some worship music. Put on some, some worship music, maybe without ads. <laughs> you know, you things are going well, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's I can buy a new Subaru, or I can, you know, or, or you need to get to this or this, this or that vacation, or go take a cruise, and you're like, yeah, I need to do that, and all of a sudden you're distracted. But begin your time with some worship, where He is the center of attention, and you sing out. Now that can get difficult if you're if you're like, eh, I don't know if I could do that. You're gonna probably want to get by yourself to do that. You know, maybe go on a walk. But whether that's daily, I, I think this is something important to try out. My sister bought me, I think the gift that I'm most excited about this Christmas was some wireless headphones. So I got wireless headphones now. And they're kind of like, you don't hear anything else. So when I got them on, I'm in, I'm in the zone. I'm in the worship zone, I think, right now. So I was painting uh, two days ago. I was painting, and I had, some, I had like a... a Toby Mac, he's a, a Christian artist, and so I, I'm painting and I'm, I'm into it, and I, and then the the music is really good, and I start singing, and I'm singing out. My kids are playing video games, and my wife is gone uh, on some errands, and so I'm just singing, and I'm singing really loud, and I was hitting like high octave stuff, <laughs> and so Gabe comes in like scared for me, like I was dying or something. He's like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> like. And I'm like, I'm having a good time. <laughs> and my kids came in. They would come in at different points just to kind of see if I was still doing it. But I was, I was enjoying just time of worship. I don't often do that. I like my new headphones. I might do this for a while. But maybe tweak some things. Figure out what would it take for me to worship God more. Notice another thing in this passage. He desires us to talk with him daily. Daily. It's an invitation to pray more frequently. The frequency is something... Give us each day our daily bread. This assumes that we're coming to him every day. Each, every day, you and I, we get hungry, don't we, for daily bread? We're dependent on food. Unless you're trying to avoid bread, you still get dependent on him for daily food. We cannot go long without food. This actually reminds us just how dependent that we are as people. We need daily food to survive. And every day, 
you know, we physically have to recharge our, our bodies. And if we pray daily, what's happening is we are being renewed and we are being recharged spiritually every single day. Most of us never miss a meal, right? It's like, you know, when it's supper time and you hear the bell, you're, you're there. But sadly, we can miss, you know, spiritual meals and we don't immediately recognize the effects when we're spiritually starving ourselves. But it has an effect. So he says, come to me daily. Also, Jesus invites us to pray honestly. Honestly. So you see, forgive us our sins. Okay? Forgive us our sins. We can't hide our sin, can we? I, I've tried to hide my sin, but it just it weighs me down. And when I try to approach God and I've got sin, it weighs me down and I can't get very far. It's like the lines of communication are plugged and I, I am I'm stuck. And so with our sin, the sooner we admit our sin and agree with God that it is displeasing to him, the sooner we can clear the air and reopen the lines of communication. Otherwise, our sin clogs up the lines. It's our guilt. It's our shame. And maybe you'd say right now, I just it's too hard for me to talk to God. And so I would say if you're hiding sin or you're trying to hide sin, then drag it out before the Lord. Deal with it, confess it, and receive his forgiveness. He's already paid for it. So get, get honest with him. And then this brings up another aspect. Here it is. The other aspect is be reconciled, reconciled with others. For we also, he says, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So often when we're praying, God, he reminds us of our offenses that we're just not letting go of. We, we, we carry around, imagine having a backpack. Imagine having a backpack, and in that backpack, you're carrying around all the offenses that happen to you when people offend you. And then they say, hey, oh, I'm sorry. And you say, oh, it's, it's okay, but it's not okay. You put it in the backpack. You know what I'm talking about? You put it in the backpack, and you're storing up offenses. And some of them, you're not ready to have a conversation with them, but you, you're, you're happy to carry it around in that backpack of offense. So what Jesus is saying is, look, you've got to be reconciled. If you want to communicate with your father, you need to be reconciled with others. So oftentimes when we're praying, God reminds us of our offenses that we're not letting go of, and we just need to get honest with him about we're holding on to these offenses, and if we'll clear it up, that's really important. So don't wait until it's too late with other people to get things straightened out. Don't wait till tragedy. Don't wait till death or illness. Verse 4 also reminds us to pray specifically. Look at verse, look at verse 4. And lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. You know your patterns and you know your sin struggles. Jesus says, you know, God invites you to ask him regularly for his help to break free from things. We can ask God to give us strength to resist sin. We can ask God to guide us around tempting situations today. We can pray that. God, please guide me around what is going to tempt me today. Lead me not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. God, show me what is not helping me move forward. Show me the triggers in my life. Show me the things that entice me. God, lead me not into temptation so I can rid myself of that sin and that pattern of sin. I need your help. So be specific. Where are you being tempted? Don't just wallow in guilt or shame or fear. Get specific and ask God, God, your word says that you you care. You, You say you want to help in these ways. Please help me. Guide me around these things. This is what I need. Also, he invites us to pray more boldly. Look at this. Take a look at this illustration. 
This is in verse 5. Then he said to them, after he, he gives that, that guide for prayer, it says, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before, before him. This is, this is, try to get your mind around this. Jesus says, You, you get in, it's, it's midnight and someone shows up to your house, a good friend of yours, and you don't have anything to offer them and they need some food. And so he says, imagine you go to your friend's house and you knock on the door. It's at midnight though. And it's like, well, they're not going to hear it. So they're, friend, are you in there? What do you want? Food. I want to offer some food to the, to my friends that are here. Can you help me out? Look at what he says. The one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. It's midnight. My children are already with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Come on. Look at verse 8. I tell you. Now, pretty bold request, right? Pretty bold thing to do. Try doing this tonight. Pick a friend. Try doing this. Verse 8, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet. Why does he get up? Because of the man's boldness. He will get up and he will give him as much as he needs. It's because of our boldness. So God responds to bold requests. God, I need help. They need, they need your help. We need your, we, God, we, we are stuck. We are not moving forward. This situation, we've tried everything, God. What he's saying is repetitive and recited and mindless and a heartless prayer is easy to default to in life. And it might be yielding us very little, if not, you know, nothing. Instead of that, he's saying, ask God boldly, plead with God. Pray, cry out to God, and when you need a breakthrough, when your life depends on it or people around you, or when you just you need to make a good decision, you're, you're at a crossroad and you need to make a good choice. When you're at that point, we've got to pray boldly. We've got to cry out to God. Jesus says that bold prayer yields major results. And then keep asking, keep seeking. Look, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? We, we don't have a cruel heavenly father. Jesus says, we, we have a good father in heaven. He cares for us. There are no earthly human comparisons to our Heavenly Father. And your dad, your dad may have been hurtful to you. Your dad may have been absent. Your dad may have been cruel. He may have been distracted. Or maybe you had a great father, a great earthly father, and you have a good relationship with your dad. He was caring. He was focused. He was strong. He was honorable. But even the very best fathers on earth fall way short in what they can provide and in how they can answer because they have limited resources, but God 
the Lord of all creation. He has unlimited resources. He's the one that can help. And so when we meet with him, we want to come to him and boldly ask him for help. He wants to interact with you. He wants to give good gifts to his children. It says, this might be a new radical concept and challenge to add more prayer into your life. Or for some of you, maybe you you pray often, but hopefully this has helped you think through the way you're praying and and the expectation you have. I would just encourage all of us to take extra time in this season as we head into this year to build a pattern of praying with an intentionality that you might not normally pray with. If God gives you an idea on how to grow in this area, I would say right now, jot it down. Don't lose it because you'll get distracted and you'll be off doing something else. But jot it down. Maybe share that with a friend. What is your key application for today so that you can keep this pattern going? And then live with expectancy because with God, all things are possible. We might just be surprised at what he does in our lives and in our church this year. With God at work, 2018 has far more in store than any of us could ever imagine if God is at work. I want to invite our worship team back up to the stage. Now, again, what if, what if we got serious about prayer here? What if we as a group of people got serious about prayer at OCC? What if we decided that for those of us who follow Jesus Christ, what if in 2018 we said, no more games? When it comes to my, my relationship with God, no more games, no more worrying, no more sitting back and forth worrying and getting nowhere, no more just working and trying to fix everything ourselves. What if we said, no more games, no more trying to fix everyone, no more trying to fix everything that I can't fix, and we ramp up the prayer and ask God to release his power and bring the help that we desperately need. And again, here's our question. What in my own life am I unnecessarily carrying around that God has offered to carry? We're going to sing a song and respond to the Lord in prayer ourselves and just some time personally. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. We'll sing that, and then you guys will be given just a little time to pray uh, this morning. Just boldly uh, come before the Lord, his individuals, and let's sing this together. God, I look to you. And I won't be overwhelmed Give me vision To see things like you do God, I look to you And you're where my help comes from Give me wisdom You know just what to do I look to you, and I won't. 
Closer to you. We want to be more aware of our dependency and our need for you. Pray, Father, that you would break down our pride. If that's what's preventing us from praying more, Lord, you, you'd reveal our sin so that we would have, have the freedom from that confession in order to, to bring just clarity, or, or, or if it's relationships that are broken, Lord, I pray you would, Lord, bring exactly what we need, Lord, in order to have more focused time with you in our lives. We need your help. We need breakthroughs, Father, in so many different areas in this church. And so, God, would you bring the help and the comfort and the clarity? We're asking you for that this year. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.